Hello, I'm Dr. Margaret Rogers Van Coops, and I'm very happy to welcome you to my show, Journey into an Unknown World. This is a show about sharing my points of view from a different aspect than normal. I'll take the strange, the unusual, and the very ordinary, and give you a new slant on each topic that I select every other week. Today, I've chosen promises. You know, we all talk about the pathway to heaven is paved with broken promises. And it's true in many ways that we do make a lot of promises with every intention to keep them. But somehow there always seems to be someone or something that comes up that is more important. And so we override that promise. We make excuses. We rationalize and justify why we are breaking a promise. And of course, after that, we feel guilty. Everyone knows that a broken promise is showing up the bad side of ourselves, that in some way we are going to be judged. And once we're judged, we'll never be loved. And of course, if we're not loved, then we'll never have friends. And if we don't have friends, we're going to be all alone. So let's take a look at the kind of promises that we all make. I know when I was very young, there were lots of people who came into my life and gave me lots of promises like, if you eat up your dinner and you're a very good girl, I will take you to the ice cream shop. And we will have a wonderful strawberry or chocolate ice cream. And of course, I did exactly what I was told because I wanted that ice cream. And once I finished that meal, I waited and waited. The adults talked and talked. And somehow I never got to the ice cream shop. And so I never had my chocolate or strawberry ice cream. I felt disillusioned with the adults. I felt I'd been let down. Why were they making promises that they didn't keep? Of course, as I got older, I tried to make sure that some of the promises they made would be kept. It was easy to throw some kind of tantrum, try and manipulate them in some way to follow through and take me anyway. I would say things like, if you take me to the shop and you keep your promise, I will do something for you. I'll tidy up my room. I'll stay at home and babysit my younger sister. Whatever I did, in some way I soon found out that I was manipulating these promises against myself. Because no matter what I set up, Somehow, I was let down. So, when we make promises, do we really expect them to be kept? Or do we just imagine that it's an empty promise that will never be followed through? Well, of course, it depends on the environment and the people you talk to, the standards, the morals, the ethics, the codes of a person's life. If there are negative people around you 
who say all sorts of things to extract a promise from you and you promise to do something are you really hoping that they will turn around and do something for you later? Are you manipulating them to give you a promise in return? I know at times that I've fallen into that trap. You know, someone turns up and says, Oh, Margaret, I really need your help. I've got all sorts of problems. I haven't got any money. But I am a very skilled secretary. So, if you help me out right now, I will in return come into your office and do some filing for you. This actually happened to me. So I agreed. And I did my part of the bargain. And so I sat back and I waited and waited, made a few phone calls. Every time I got an excuse. Oh, I really, really need to come and do that for you. But, but, but. And of course, eventually I realized there was no intention whatsoever of coming back to help me. I had been taken for a ride. Hook, line and sinker, as they say, I had been reeled in and given whatever it was they were asking for in return for nothing. So how did I feel? Well, of course I was disappointed. Was I upset? Yes. Uh, did I really trust them again? Probably not. But at the same time, I looked at myself and said, why did I make myself so open to being manipulated? What was really going on? Why was I trying to buy attention? Why was I trying to extract a promise that in my intuitive self I already knew would never be kept? Yes, we all know deep down inside ourselves whether a promise is made in the heart or in the mind. I know that a lot of us rationalize thinking about every situation in our life and when we do that we think about all the different ways we can get help. And so when along comes someone who looks like they fit the bill and will do what we want them to do, do we actually sit back and calculate how we can exchange and in exchanging our skills and talents extract a promise? I know in many ways we may not plan it consciously, that is, but in our hearts there's a little part of ourselves that is saying, I feel helpless. I have no idea how to do this myself. Or, I'm too lazy to try, too lazy to learn. I want to be taken care of. I want someone else to do it for me. I know that extracted promises, imposed manipulative promises, broken promises of any kind are not made in heaven. I would just like to take a moment to remind you that if you'd like to talk to me about this subject or any of the other shows, my email is drmrogersvancoots at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to connect with me for more information, my website is 
www.sumarisenter.com That is www.sumarisenter.com So let's get back to the essence of promises. Let's talk about self. How often do we tell ourselves, I'm making myself a promise right now? For example, we talked about obesity in the first show. How often do we promise ourselves that we will actually go on that diet and follow it, only to break it the next day? How often do we say, I promise I will educate myself and develop more skills, more talents to use in my life, and then renege on it immediately by telling ourselves, well, we don't have time now. We'll do it later, tomorrow, next year, sometime, never. What is behind our conscious mind that tells us to lie to ourselves, to make these promises and then to break them? Is it that we don't believe in ourselves? Is it that our self-esteem is low? Is it that we don't believe in our worth and value in the way we live our life? Or is it something more? Is procrastination an excuse to not look at what is more within us? Often we have a fear of change. We don't believe in our abilities. We don't trust ourselves. But what is trust? Would you trust yourself to make a decision that stepping into a swimming pool that's, shall we say, eight feet deep, knowing you can't swim, would you trust your choice to not jump in? Well, in a way, when you make a promise and you break it, you are actually feeling as though you've just decided to jump into the pool and can't swim, and so you renege on it. The truth is, you have an instinct, an intuition, that should you really jump into a pool would kick in, and you would suddenly start floundering around, bobbing up and down, until you started to calm down, and then you'd find you could actually swim. I know because this happened to me. I was 10 years old. I was making my way down to the shallow end when some boy pushed me in the deep end. And yes, it was eight feet deep. And yes, I was, as it seemed, miles away from the side. And yes, I did struggle. And with all the millions of kids screaming and yelling, no one heard me. And so I was forced to swim to the side. And once I did, I was so encouraged, I went down the shallow end and practiced my little dog paddle for about an hour. Well, it's the same with keeping a promise. We have to jump in, say to ourselves, I will try, and in trying, I will succeed. And as I succeed, I will realize I've kept my promise to myself. But what about promises you made to ancestors, like grandma or grandpa, and then they pass on? 
One of the things that I come up against a lot in Japan is that family businesses are passed down from generation to generation. And before the elders die, they actually call in the young ones and say, Now, you promise me that you will keep this business going because I work very, very hard and it's very important to me that this business doesn't collapse. Well, even if the child doesn't want to do this business, there they are making this devout promise to keep this business going, even after the relative is dead. Well, their heart's not in it. The business doesn't run very well. They want to get out of it. But they feel guilty. They feel that their ancestor is watching down over them, judging them, for not trying so hard, judging them for not being successful, and dreadfully afraid that if they don't keep the promise, they will be damned for all eternity. What a hardship a person is putting upon themselves when they think this way. Why do we make so many ideas in our mind about how we should act in other words, behave, carry out orders, do whatever anyone else is to do. Why do we always feel guilty when we don't do exactly what we're asked to do? Well, it's very simple, really. We're all trained to integrate, to have a role in society. Let's be tribal for a minute. If you were living in the middle of Africa in a small tribe of, say, 30 people, everyone would be delegated a job. And if that person didn't carry out their job, the tribe would die because each person's job was important and each job was interactive with the next. And so, as a result of a complete unity of action, of deed and word, Everyone understands what needs to be done and actually does their chore, then the tribe falls apart. Eventually, they may separate that person and push them out away from the tribe so that they can find a new balance and new standard of life. Well, in our society, um, with big towns and all sorts of things, we can expand that consciousness to realize that we are all trained to think and act in a certain way to make sure that our society survives. So when we ask someone to carry on a business and keep a promise, we're actually saying, keep the standards, keep the morals, keep the ethics, keep the codes, and keep my life uh, around so it's worth something. But what really is going on? What about the spirit promises we make before we're even born? In my book, um, Discover Your Baby's Spirit, I talk about how a child is already programmed to come from the spirit world into this body that the mother carries in her womb with a great deal of coding and many promises to interact with many people on earth. It's very important that we have lots of connections before we're even born. We have connections with spirit guides, with our 
ancestors in the gene pool, as it were, from our family line. We have connections with friends and relatives that will come into our life as well as strangers. And in our life, even someone standing in the bus stop might be someone you promise to talk to. So, however we interact with people, in some way, we are keeping a promise. Why do we do this? Because as a spiritual entity, we need to develop compassion and love. If we have someone break a promise, it causes us to question how we feel. And when we think about it, we don't like that hurt feeling inside, nor do we like to feel guilty. So we actually learn by this hardship. A broken promise brings us insight and inspiration so that when we go out into the world, we try and keep the promises that we make. I think that whatever we do in some way, shape or form, we must learn that to forgive is not to forget, but rather to remember and to learn by it, so that we do not repeat patterns over and over again. I've known people that have come to me and said, well, I keep being with this person and I keep doing these same things over and over again and they say this and I do that and we make new promises and they keep getting broken. Why am I with this person? And my answer is always the same. You're with them because you chose to interact with them so that you would learn by it. Now the question is, have you learned by it? We also have to remember that if we made promises with our parents before we were ever born, we also made promises in the oneness with our spirit guides. Many people ask me, who are spirit guides and what are they and why are they connected to me? Well, the truth is, there are many spirit guides we like to think of a guardian angel who watches over us every night, kisses our forehead, tucks us up in bed spiritually and makes us feel safe. But the truth is, our spirit guides are people we've made promises with in the spirit world to interact with. Their job is to help us sort ourselves out by giving us inspiration, by giving us a feeling of question about what we do. When they do that, we open up ourselves to feeling them. What we feel from them is a sense of unity, a sense of belonging. And when we feel that, we really know within ourselves that there is a godlike presence that is caring about us. When we feel that connection to God, we then begin to trust ourselves and to trust other people. I wrote another book that was something I didn't expect to write in a hurry. It was called Pro-Life, Pro-Choice, Pro-Spirit. I wrote it because there were many people rising up in animosity against doctors who were helping women make their choice. Well, it was not up to me to explain why or how a decision should be made, but it was, shall we say, falling upon my shoulders 
an idea to share what I knew that every spirit that comes into embodiment comes by choice and makes a promise to be born and those that do not make it have made a promise to not come into embodiment and so while a mother is making her choice she's actually keeping a promise to not share her body why would this happen? Sometimes a spirit only wants to touch the earth in preparation for another life. Sometimes a spirit is keeping a promise to the earthly person so that they might think more about themselves and their life and the things they're doing with their body. Whatever the choice is, we have to remember that it is a promise fulfilled. It's hard for people on earth to understand that everything is preordained. We think of kismet, fate. We think of destiny. We think of the fact that we are promised in some way to return to God. But we don't really understand these promises. They seem nebulous and far away. So on earth, it seems much easier to see a face you know and to share with them your ideas and hope that by trusting them they will share with you in some way and keep a promise. I know that I have made lots of promises and I have tried my very best to keep them all. But sometimes there really are circumstances where the unexpected happens where you just cannot help yourself but do whatever arises instead of keeping that promise. We can't blame someone for following what is necessary. We cannot condemn someone for having to make a wise choice. What we can do is stop and ask ourselves, how can we manage without them? How can we turn this empty time into something fulfilling how can we say of this moment this moment of letdown that it is in actual fact a pick me up a moment when we can turn inward and touch our spirit and in touching our spirit realize that this interaction that has happened in earthly ways is actually a part of a promise made long ago in what is called the Astral. I would like to point out to you that my next show will be about the Astral. What is the Astral? It's where our spirit returns to after we end a life. We all want to be connected all the time to all that exists. We all want to be part of the oneness. In my last show I talked about that. We need time to enjoy this life. We need time to understand the power of a promise in our own heart. Before we were born we made ourselves a promise to do many things. We didn't come into embodiment with the idea to be lazy, mischievous, to not bother to procrastinate we actually came here with a plan and that plan was to learn as much as we could by interacting with other people and through that interaction to grow spiritually 
spiritually doesn't mean rushing off to church every Sunday or spouting religious words in a mantra. What it actually means is tapping into your own spirit. Your own spirit is a body in itself that lives eternally and does have emotions, mind and interactions in the spirit world much the same as we have on earth. So what we do here is simply a drama carrying out a little test that teaches us to understand the power of the word. What is a word? A word is a vibration. When we speak we pass air through our larynx. We form our mouth into shapes and we make contortions with our face. And when we look at someone else's face, we read it. We know by their expression and the sounds of their words if they're telling the truth. And most often when we make an agreement with someone we feel is not telling us the truth, we have this rising sense of distrust. And as we feel it, there's a part of us that says, walk away. What we have to do in this life is to learn to walk away. We have to learn not to impose guilt upon ourselves for making that choice to walk away. Walking away could save your life, emotionally, mentally, physically, and literally. So sometimes it's very wise to listen to this inner voice. There are many people in this world who try to con us. They want our money. They want our homes. They want our belongings. And they will waste no time in promising you everything that you could possibly imagine. If you are drawn into this con, then you will be conned. But if you listen to your intuition, your instinct, your psychic skills if you like and follow them you will understand that this is an empty promise people talk about karma destiny, fate that two people must come together and make a promise of marriage for all eternity it doesn't really work that way we make promises in the spirit world to be with people for as long as we need them to be there in our life to help us learn something a little bit more spiritual about ourselves. Once they've done their job, then it's time for them to move on. If two people stay together under the pressure of a promise that no longer is satisfying, where hardship, pain and suffering is created, then there is indeed a lesson occurring, which is basically to not try to keep a promise when you've outgrown it. Sometimes we make promises based on what we think we need right at this moment. And later when someone does keep that promise, it doesn't fit in with what we're doing. It could even be a nuisance. So think twice before actually making a promise to someone be sure 
that what they offer in return is something you actually want. Make room in your life for broken promises and understand that these will continue to happen throughout your life. It is the way of communication. It is the way of learning. And you cannot judge someone for breaking a promise. My name is Dr. Margaret and my email is Dr. M. Rogers Van Koops at gmail.com You can also get hold of me on my website www.sumaricenter.com I hope you've enjoyed listening to this show and that you will listen to the previous shows if you haven't already done so. Next time, I will be talking about the astral, as I said earlier. There are two parts to the astral, the higher and lower astral. So it will be interesting for you to hear how we take promises into this dimension and how we come to share. So until then, I hope you will join me once again. And if you should have any questions or like to write your point of view to me, I would love to have feedback and communications with you. So remember, D-R-M-A-R-G-A-R-E-T-R-O-G-E-R-S-V-A-N-C-O-O-P-S at gmail.com. So bye for now. Please connect next time. Thank you for listening.